0: Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder.
1: All right, all right, all right. Hi, guys. You see me laughing at the beginning. It's because I completely, completely hit record on both things and forgot to hit the (laughs) button for the intro music.
0: Uh, Oops.
1: Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder, where I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. And we do stuff with whiskey and we wonder.
0: (laughs) We drink whiskey.
1: We do, we drink whiskey.
0: And we teach uh, the other something interesting the week for the week. Uh,
1: as you can see, everything. If you're on YouTube, all our contact information's up there. Reach out to us. Tell us what you want to hear, what you like, what you don't like, so on and so forth. If you're not on YouTube, check the show notes. You can find us at whiskeyandwonder.com, dot com, Instagram at whiskey podcast, YouTube whiskey and wonder. And all the rest of the stuff, if you want to make a donation, PayPal, Patreon, etc. It's all on the show notes and the screen. So we're going to jump through that quick today. Yep. We've got a new sound effect. We do. I'm going to let Megan have the honor of pushing this. Oh, my God. This is some real shit, y'all. So that was from last week that uh, was sped up. Yeah, And <laughs> something I said, something stupid. And Megan... Wanted it sped up. So yep. now instead of just having her <laughs> yeehaw, yeehaw. sound effects, we have one of me as well. So,
0: yep. It's about time. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: If you guys want any sound effects, let me know about what time it is and what episode. And I'll see if I can go back and make it. Yeah. See if I can make them.
0: Yeah. We'll- as
1: a little shout out to you. um, Megan, talk to us about t-shirts.
0: Uh, <laughs> they're happening when they happen.
1: All right, <laughs> <gasps> got to get that other Megan sound in there. Yep. Now that I have a sound, I have to play both hers every episode. Oh no. <laughs> um, so we are working on T-shirts. They'll hopefully be soon. Um,
0: yep, that's the plan. Yeah. Um, as soon as they're live, all it'll be all over social media and everything. So
1: beautiful. Um, as far as uh myself. Uh, I am recovering very well from everything that happened. If you know me in person, you've got probably a general idea of what's happened. If not, uh, let's just say I had a minor surgery go terribly wrong. And so I'm recovering from that. Yep. It was a stressful, stressful little bit of time for those that know me the best. So yeah. um, Very scary. Yep. So with that uh we are looking to start some bonus content we're we've got a couple ideas of things we want to do but at the same time we want to hear what you guys would like as far as bonus content what do you what would you be interested in do you want to do like a discord hangout session like a live stream where we can answer questions and maybe we can sit down and have a have a you know, sh- you just, you recommend a whiskey or maybe something we've done before. We could all drink together and yeah, tell us can what just you think and shoot we can, the shit. And yeah, we could have you guys we want. could have somebody in here.
0: Yeah, I guess that
1: likes whiskey. That just instead of teaching one another, we can just kind of shoot the shit and talk about whiskey and have a little more laid back, a little less structured. Yeah, podcast. Which uh, everybody that knows me knows I like structure, but you know. I'll let Megan run that one.
0: Got to branch out every so often, Tyler.
1: To be good at something you have to be a little bit uncomfortable. Exactly. So. Uh so yes, please email us. You can find all that stuff in the show notes or the on-screen uh email us what you'd like to hear for that. Please. And as always, to everybody that donates and supports us, rates us five stars, subscribes, likes us. Thank you guys so much. It helps more than that you know. That
0: is huge. Uh, so Please rate us, review us, give us five stars, uh, pop a message in the comments.
1: Tell your friends, tell your mother, tell your dad. So, you know, tell them all. Yes. And I guess on that note, we'll just jump right in. Opening the bottle.
0: All right. We have an Irish whiskey today. We are drinking Tullamore. Dew Triple Distilled. This is a pot still whiskey made using a blend of Irish malt and grain. It is bottled at 40% ABV. Their legendary whiskey making process is based on the number three. It contains three natural ingredients, three grain distillation varieties, and three maturation (laughs) casks. This triple blended whiskey, triple distilled and triple matured, have an award-winning taste and plenty of Irish character. It has won twenty-one awards in the past twenty years, including a gold medal in two thousand eight at the International Wine and Spirits Competition, and a double gold at the World Spirits Competition. While the Tullamore, blah blah blah, and that's all I'm going to say about. Tallamore,
1: and that's all I got to say about that. Exactly, just as Forrest would say. Um, Before we get too far off into this, I I wanted to I meant to say this in uh, our little thank you segment. There, Uh, thanks Shelby for friend Shelby for filling in. Yes, last week I could not drink because of the recovery, because of the surgeries and whatnot. So. I am back full force. I have a beautiful, beautiful glass of a very uh, light, very light whiskey.
0: Light amber.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even say light amber. I, no. it, it looks like um, there's no easy way to say this. Pee. <laughs> it looks like it looks kind of like pee. No, it does not. It does to me. Maybe you it's you don't the drink enough water. Oh yeah, it's definitely dehydrated pee. But you know, still. Um, with that being said, though, thank you, friend Shelby, for filling in.
0: Yes, thank you, friend Shelby.
1: Cheers to you! Oops. All right, so back to back to this whiskey here.
0: So I feel like this color is the color of the amber in, like Jurassic Park, that the mosquito is in.
1: No way! No, this is this is, uh, this is lighter than that, in my opinion. Is it? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well.
1: It definitely, I mean, it could be the fact that I'm holding it up against a white computer screen that's making it look a little lighter, but
0: hmm. I don't know.
1: Smell wise, um, it is definitely not burning my nose hairs.
0: No, but it is a strong smell. I smelled it as Tyler was pouring. Um, with, with most whiskeys, I don't smell it from a few feet away. So that was interesting. Um what do you think? What are you getting off this one?
1: I'm struggling. I'm struggling, period. <laughs> uh just with smells. Uh I haven't it's not COVID related or anything, but I'm struggling to I can smell it. I just can't pinpoint any particular smell.
0: Okay. Well, I will um I smell like candied apple.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say maybe apple is what I'm smelling.
0: I smell specifically candied apple. Like the red apple on Halloween, I'd like the candy um with a stick in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah,
1: but I, I yeah, I know what you're talking. Covered in caramel.
0: Or oh, and I was saying the one that's the candy. So it's it's like uh it's covered in like a red candy.
1: Oh, I don't know what that is. No? Oh, I'll have to Google that real quick.
0: It's just a candied apple. Just look up candied apple. It's like a crunchy-ish red
1: oh, yeah, see. sugar
0: candy thing.
1: Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. See, I was thinking like a, one more like with caramel and nuts.
0: Which is delicious. And now I want a caramel
1: apple. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking of, a caramel apple, not a candied apple. Yeah. Ah, difference.
0: Yes. Um, no burn-my-nose hairs with this one. Um, Definitely, I just am getting overpowered and overwhelmed by um, candied apple. So that's what I'm going to go with. That's what I'm sticking to.
1: Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna agree with that. Like I said, Apple was what I was gonna suggest. Megan's I cheating almost, over there. I almost I, took a sip. I almost did earlier too. I stopped myself. Um. Yeah. I. I. So far, I like the way it smells. I am. Uh, I think I've found that I've liked most Irish whiskeys in the past, so I'm excited for this.
0: We are supposed to be smelling honey, red apples, dried fruit. Banana chips, toffee, and a touch metallic and malty.
1: Hmm. Well, I get the honey and the apples. Yes. I don't definitely get any banana chips.
0: No banana. Uh no
1: toffee. Well. Yeah. Uh, I I'm I'm getting hit hard with the apple and um Honey,
0: Honey. yeah. I guess that's where I got candied apple from as I was combining the two flavors. So, okay. Mm.
1: Well, bottoms up.
0: Down the hatch. Cheers. And let's see. I'm watching Tyler's face. For those of you who cannot see him, he looks contemplative.
1: Starts. Mm. It starts with that. Almost like a sweet apple. And then it finishes with there's a there's a long burn, but it's not overpowering. And the burn has like a crisp apple taste on the end, is what I'm getting.
0: So the initial taste is way more mild than I thought it would be. It's definitely very sweet on the initial taste. It's very light. Um, I could definitely see some like toffee flavors Mm -hmm. in that initial taste. Um, Then it does, as you swallow it, it does start to like slowly bring spice up your throat, but it, like it, Tyler's right. It's not overpowering. It's not uncomfortable. Um, And I do get um, apple thrown in there as well. And maybe some sort of, there's some sort of like dessert spice that I'm trying to name. Um... Nutmeg. It might be nutmeg. It might be nutmeg. What is that funny? Why is that funny?
1: <laughs> Your email. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I've had that email since I was ten. I it's know. God. I
1: know. I. It, I just it cracks me up every time. It's adorable. I'm not gonna give out our email. But I'm just no, gonna say not it's my it's, it has email. nutmeg in it. It does. Um yeah no i'm i'm getting like a lingering i haven't had a sip in a while but it's very uh very subtly apple like i' um, and i'm not i'm talking like legit apple not um not like your candy not apple flavored not apple flavored like you're not gonna get this from like an apple flavored skittle or yeah something like that this is like you just ate an, an apple. actual
0: apple apple fruit. Yeah. yeah I agree. um so on the sip I just took, I like kind of switched it around my mouth a little, and I got maybe like a little leathery or um earthy sweaty type uh flavor there at the end as well um but definitely the apples lingering um that nutmeg is lingering um
1: now, to be honest with you, I can't say that I know what nutmeg itself tastes like. I just took a shot to make a joke about your email, but... Oh, well. <laughs> so, what are we supposed to be tasting?
0: We are supposed to be tasting honey, banana chips, apples, toffee, earthy malt, okay, copper, cinnamon... And nutmeg. (laughs)
1: Um, I don't.
0: So I associate the taste of copper with blood, with that like metallic
1: taste. Oh, no, that's iron.
0: You ever stick a penny in your mouth?
1: No. Um, (laughs) No.
0: You've never stuck a penny in your mouth?
1: No. Although my mom did once eat a bunch of pennies, thinking that she would, uh... no, she planted a bunch of pennies. She ate, thinking she would grow money trees. She ate pennies for something else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we had that story. Um, I I do not get anything metallic. Um, no, I, I don't either. No I metals, don't... no coppers, no iron. No, no
1: banana. Yeah, no banana. No banana. banana chips. Ugh.
0: I mean, banana chips aren't bad. Like if they're in like a trail mix and you only get one every so often. I wouldn't eat an entire bag of banana chips by themselves, but if they're like every so often you get one, they're not too bad. No?
1: No, I'm not a banana person.
0: Oh, so you don't even like bananas?
1: I'll force them down if I have to, but...
0: You're crazy.
1: Nah. Um. I might be able to force myself to think that i'm tasting banana but truth be told i don't smell it i don't really taste it i'm not i, I can see most of the other things in there <laughs> um but as far as banana i don't um i'm
0: not getting banana or copper
1: yeah i can see nothing, everything else nothing metallic yeah yeah um all right so we're gonna keep on sipping on that we'll uh Megan will probably do a little more sipping than I will just because I'm presenting this week. So, Yes, on that note. On that note, we'll jump right in. And I'll preface this by saying it may be on the short side, so we'll see.
0: It's a Tyler episode.
1: It is a Tyler episode, but hopefully an interesting one.
0: It's time for the Wonder Segment.
1: So I'm going to also preface this by saying it's kind of all over the place. Oh, no. There wasn't a good good way to really organize the research, so I kind of tried to break it up by person and then chronologically. Okay. All right. What are
0: we learning about?
1: We're going to learn about the Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus today.
0: (laughs) All right. And yes,
1: there's Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey.
0: All right. So it's so, a four man crew. It ish.
1: Uh seven. Seven. There were five Ringling Brothers. Holy Spoiler shit. alert. Actually, I think there were seven total, but only five of them went into the circus business.
0: Dear God. All right. Well. Anyway. Learn me about the circus.
1: I shall. So I assume you're probably like me. You probably grew up. Going to, or at least at the very least, hearing about the circus. Yes. Did you ever go? Yeah. How many times? Uh, a lot, or just like once or twice?
0: I would say once or twice, maybe three times. Yeah, definitely wasn't a lot. I yeah. know it was in the Peppy pe- Peppy. It was in the Pepsi Center. Peppy Center. In the Peppy Center oh, in Denver.
1: I got a new name for Pepsi.
0: Peppy.
1: want oh, some Peppy. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, so I remember going at um. The old Charlotte Coliseum where the Hornets used to play, way over on Tyvola, okay. way down by the airport. Um, I saw him there twice. Anyway, uh, obviously, he grew up here into the circus, going to the circus. Which one was most popular? When we were growing up, it was Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, a.k.a. Yes. the greatest show on, on earth. earth. Uh, I do remember going to see him several times when I was a little kid, but... Like I said, the name, there's like, at the time, I thought it was four people too, but there's seven <laughs> seven people involved with it. How did the circus get named after all these people? How did it become the greatest show on earth? So we're going to jump into it. Okay. We're going to start way back. We're going to talk about, and I, I wrote this out phonetically, Hekaliah Bailey. Hekaliah. 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 Spelled H-E-C-H-A-L-I-A-H.
0: Hechaliah. Yep.
1: All right. So Hechaliah Bailey was born in Somers, New York in July of 1775. That's before the U.S. and A for anybody that's not from the U.S. and A. <laughs> or anybody that's not familiar with U.S. history. Bailey came from a family of farmers and also grew up to be one as well. Uh, but he also tended to find other methods of income. He became a director of the Croton Turnpike Company that operated a major route through Summers, eventually converting this route into a toll road. He also co-owned a sloop, which if you listen to the Blackbeard episode, we'll talk about, we talk about what a sloop is. He co-owned a sloop that was used to transport farm animals. But perhaps his greatest side hustle was when one night in the local bar, he bought an Indian elephant for
0: $1,000. And the disaster begins.
1: <laughs> he named the elephant Old Bet and intended to use her as a draft animal on his farm. However, he soon realized that Americans had quite the interest for exotic animals. Old Bet was only the second elephant ever brought to America. In 1805, Bailey took Old Bet to Hudson Valley and in 1806 to New York City to show off his animal. He was soon charging 25 cents per person to see Old Bet and would travel at night so that nobody got a free peek (laughs) at the creature. This guy was smart. No freebies. Over time, he added a trained dog, pigs, a horse, and four wagons to his traveling show. Hey. Sadly, in 1845, however, Bailey died from being kicked by a horse in Somers, New York.
0: Probably because he beat his animals.
1: I mean, it was 17. Yeah. It was 1845.
0: Sorry. Um, I have some issues with the circus.
1: I I knew you would. (laughs) I'm going to address those. Okay. Kind of. Um, Okay. (laughs) Before his death, however... He visited visited a young P.T. Barnum in his general store in Connecticut, and ultimately inspired him to enter into what would become the circus business.
0: Is it P period T period or is it P.T.P.E.T.E.Y.
1: It's P period T T. period. Okay. Um, It's Phineas something. Hold on.
0: Phineas Tiberius. Probably Uh, not.
1: Phineas Taylor. Oh, Phineas Taylor Barnum. Um,
0: That's way easier than I was going. Yes.
1: So, P.T. Barnum was born in Bethel, Connecticut in 1810. Barnum was business oriented from a young age, starting a statewide lottery network, real estate speculation, a general store, and a book auctioning trade. All before he started his own newspaper called The Herald of Freedom in 1829 at only 19 years old. He this is all
0: before this? He
1: had done, he started the newspaper in 1829 at 19 years old. Everything else he had done before that. Dang. He was business
0: Some people are just business people.
1: Yes, they are. Now, I'm going to, I have this oddball factoid about him that I'm throwing in here at this point because I couldn't figure out how to work it in, but I think it helps to illustrate his character a little bit. hmm He went to jail multiple times for libel from his newspaper. <laughs> I think it was like three times. Oh, wow. So just to to let you know his character a little bit.
0: Not a great
1: dude. (laughs) Do you hear Bo over there?
0: Uh, I do. I don't think it's picking up on the mic. Okay. In
1: 1834, he sold his general store and began his career as a showman.
0: The greatest showman.
1: One of. Interesting showman. In 1835, at only 25 years old, Barnum bought and exhibited a blind and almost completely paralyzed slave woman named Joyce Heth, claiming that she was 161 years old and had been George Washington's nurse. What a dick. At this time, slavery was illegal in New York. However, Barnum exploited a loophole where he leased the woman instead of owning her. He would force her to work 10 to 12 hours a day, resulting in her dying in 1836. Wow, he is horrible. Oh, but there's more. Ever the businessman, Barnum hosted a live autopsy on the woman and charged people 50 cents to watch, while revealing that she was only half of her supposed age. She was only in her 80s when she died. But he was selling her as she was 161.
0: What a dick! God damn.
1: He gathered up a and started a troupe called Barnum's Grand Scientific and Musical Theater, and he had mixed success with this. This resulted in 1841, he purchased (laughs) Scudder's American Museum in New York City and renamed it to Barnum's American Museum. Here, Barnum hosted a variety of daily acts and curiosities, such as little people, giants, albinos, jugglers, exotic women, detailed models of cities and battles, and a menagerie of animals. In addition, the outside of the building was designed to attract people during all hours of the day and night. During daylight hours, flags and giant paintings of animals filled the windows and the outside of the building, On the rooftop, he offered a spectacular view of the city, beautiful gardens, and hot air balloon hot air balloon rides. At night, he used a lighthouse lamp to attract people, and attract people he did.
0: I bet. Place soon became
1: yeah like moths to a flame. Uh, Soon, the place became very popular. It wasn't until 1842, however, that Barnum introduced his first major hoax, the Fiji mermaid. This creature had the body of a monkey, but the tail of a fish.
0: This was his first major hoax? Yes. His 160-year-old well, woman was not? Made
1: major hoax. That was okay. apparently the Little Leagues. Okay. Yeah. Um, following the creature in the show was Charles Stratton, AKA General Tom Thumb Stratton was a was a 4-year-old child at the time but was stated to be 11. He had such enormous talent and was taught to em- that he was able to Let me try that again. Stratton had enormous talent and was taught to emulate people such as Napoleon and Hercules. By the time he was 5, the boy was drinking wine and smoking cigars for people's 5 amusement. 5 years old.
0: Oh my god. This is horrible.
1: Barnum soon added uh, Native American dancer Fu Hum Me to the show. In 1844 and 45, Barnum tour and his show toured around Europe, eventually meeting Queen Victoria. Although she was saddened by General Tom Thumb, she thought it was very it was very sad that this young person, you know, this young child was acting this way, this meeting propelled him to regularly gain access to European royals. This enabled him to acquire several new attractions and mechanical marvels. And by 1846, Barnum's museum was drawing 400,000 people per year.
0: Whoa, that's a lot of people.
1: You got to remember at this time, and this is something I tried to do, is... The morals of 1840s are a lot different than the morals of the 2020s.
0: Yes, they are, so they are, and it's it's hard to think like that, and yeah. I still don't like it.
1: Yeah but. but we can't necessarily hold I'm not saying this guy wasn't a dick in his own time, <laughs> but you know we can't hold everybody to the standards we're held to today. Um, Barnum did not enter the actual circus business until 1870 when he was 60 years old. He established P.T. Barnum's traveling museum, menagerie, caravan, and hippodrome in Wisconsin and toured around the country. Let me pause and just say here, these people... There's, there. I'm going to, spoiler alert, there was a lot of buying of other circuses and combining circuses and whatnot. And every time they would do that, they would just tag on, like Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. They <laughs> would just constantly tag on until the name was like four different circuses made up of six words each. And the name is like 30 words long.
0: It's a fallout Boy song.
1: Yeah, basically. It's just like. How do you fit that on the marquee? (laughs) Anyway. The show underwent many name changes until I didn't... That's what I'm talking about. I didn't feel like listing out the 500 different words in the Yeah,
0: no, that's fair.
1: Um, So the show underwent many name changes until 1881 when Barnum merged his circus with the circus owned by James Bailey and James L. Hutchinson, and Barnum and Bailey was born. Now... If you're keeping score at home, you may notice that James Bailey is not the same Bailey as Hekaliah Bailey.
0: No, it's not.
1: It is not. So let's talk about James A. Bailey. The time frame doesn't add up either, because I was talking about somebody in 1775 who met Barnum. Um, so to tie that back in, James A. Bailey was born in 1847 as James Anthony McGuinness. The future circus owner was orphaned at the age of eight. Oh. While working as a bellhop in Pontiac, Michigan, McGinnis was noticed by a circus advertising advance man, which, from what I gathered, is basically somebody who would travel ahead of the circus and kind of generate buzz about it coming. Yeah. I mean, like, like a circus hype circus is coming. Yeah. yeah. Hey, have, See you, the have you kids heard the circus is coming next week? Go bug your parents for some tickets. Kind of, you know. <laughs> Um, this gentleman's name was Frederick Harrison Bailey. Bailey was the nephew of old Hecaliah.
0: I see where this is coming together.
1: Fred Bailey offered McGinnis a job as his assistant, and the two traveled and worked together for many, many years.
0: And he was eight? Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, I think he was a little bit older. Uh, he was just orphaned at the age of
0: eight. Okay. I
1: think he was. I couldn't. I couldn't find a lot of information on this guy, and so I'm imagining he was a little bit older. Okay. Um. So Bailey offered McGinnis a job as his assistant, and the two traveled and worked together for many years, to the point where McGinnis eventually opted to adopt Bailey's surname, becoming James A. Bailey. Nowadays, I have my curiosity as to whether they were lovers in the night. You know.
0: That's where I was kind of
1: yeah, leaning.
0: Exactly. Like I don't know. That's a little weird, but okay. Like randomly picking up a kid and just saying, I really like this kid. And you see thousands of kids every time you travel. I don't know. Remind, very strange.
1: That reminds me of um, Showbiz. <laughs> I can't remember who that was, but that guy.
0: Um, Is that
1: Albert Fish? Albert Fish. Yeah, yep. Albert Fish. All right. So in the early 1870s, Bailey became a partner in a circus primarily owned by James E. Cooper. The circus traveled abroad for two years between 1876 and 1878. And once returning to the U S Cooper Bailey and company's great international circus combined with two other circuses and quickly became a rival of P. T. Barnum's circus. Barnum soon realized that Bailey's circus was outperforming his own and sought to merge the two. He realized the writing was on the wall, his ticket sales were going down, theirs were going up. And ultimately, in 1881, the two shows combined, and again, Barnum and Bailey was born. So let's talk about the Barnum and Bailey circus. In 1882, Barnum and Bailey were able to buy jumbo a popular elephant from the the London Zoo and they billed him as the largest elephant in the world. In May of 1884, Barnum was able to orchestrate a large publicity stunt using Jumbo. He was he paraded Jumbo, 20 other elephants and 17 camels across the recently finished Brooklyn Bridge to prove its structural integrity. And I believe that went on to be a tradition for the circus to march Madison Square Garden whenever they were coming to town, I think. Don't hold me to that.
0: Okay. If that's true, that's low-key cool. And that also would have been terrifying because until you do it, you don't know how structurally sound that bridge is. You're right. So I would have been scared out of my
1: mind. So one thing that I, I notice in this, and you know, I, I, maybe I'll just note this at the end, actually, but there is a pattern here that I pick up with all these people. OK, so Barnum died in 1891 and his widow sold her interest in the circus to Bailey. Bailey took the circus on a five year tour of Europe from 1892 to 97. And by 1900, the circus featured five performance rings, over 1000 employees and traveled on 85 railroad cars. Wow. It had grown. Yeah, it was a little bit successful. So we've talked about Barnum. We've talked about Bailey. Let's talk about the Ringling Brothers, the other half of the circus, so to speak. The Ringling Brothers, in eight... uh, I don't know why I said the Ringling Brothers there. I skipped the half my sentence. In 1882, five brothers, Albert, Otto, Charles, John, and Alfred. I could not find a pronunciation on this. It's Rungling. It's German. French German, uh, they were the son of a German French German immigrant. Uh, They later changed their name to Ringling because it's hard to say. Anyway, Albert, Otto, Charles, John, and Alfred Ringling started their first circus in Wisconsin, where the five brothers would perform skits and juggling routines around local town halls. They toured around the Northwest for a few years, slowly expanding into a one-ring circus Um, in 1884 they purchased the Yankee Robinson Circus and opened a joint show attracting the attention of James A. Bailey, who began to view them as competition. Bailey met with the brothers and each side agreed to a division of areas, essentially uh, your turf and my turf.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Bailey also decided to sell the brothers half of the Adam. For Pa Sell's brothers' circus, these names, people. I don't know. I don't know where these names came from, but part of the turf agreement was that the Ringling Brothers would not perform at Madison Square Garden, even though that was a place that the Ringling Brothers were desperate to perform. That was their goal: was to perform at at uh, Madison Square Garden. In 1906, James A. Bailey died, and the Ringlings took complete control of the Four Paw Sells Circus, which was still operating on its own. So, even though they had ownership in it, they weren't yeah. combining it with theirs. Soon after, in 1907, shareholders of Barnum and Bailey's Circus approved the sale of the circus to the Ringling brothers. In 1919, Due to declining audiences caused by World War II... Uh, World War I, sorry. <laughs> what? Skip. Wrong World War. Um, due to the decline of audiences by World War I, the two remaining Ringling Brothers, all the rest had died by this point, they decided to merge the two circuses to form the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. So at the time, they had their circus and Barnum and Bailey Circus traveling around making them money. So... In the 1920s, the circus flourished during the Roaring Twenties, as did... Everything. Everything, yep. Um, They bought other circuses, added to, continued to grow. However, all good things got to come to an end. And the circus struggled during the Depression years. Um, One thing they did have going for them uh, during Depression and World War II is the FDR gave the circus special permission to continue using the railroads for travel. So, you know, at least okay. that. At least you don't have to do it by wagon train yeah. in the middle of a war. Um, in 1944, the circus suffered one of the worst fire disasters in U.S. history. On July 6th, 1944, during an afternoon performance, the circus canvas caught on fire and went up rapidly due to being waterproofed with a mixture of flammable paraffin wax and gasoline. <laughs> it was a Waterproof, mixture... Waterproof, not fireproof. Exactly. Despite a quick response by the local fire department, the blaze could not be put out until after the tent collapsed on the spectators. Nowhere I looked could find could I find like an actual legitimate number, but sources agree that 6 to 8,000 people were in, in attendance when this fire broke out and 167 people were killed while another 700 were injured. Many people got trapped inside due to several exits being blocked by equipment that was being used to move mm. the large cats, which had just finished performing when the fire started. Mm. Essentially, from what I could gather, there were four entrances, and two of them were being blocked by this equipment. Because of the mixture of wax, as the tent would heat up, the wax would melt and begin raining down on spectators prior to the tent collapsing. The Because of the fire was never actually determined, although one... Person did admit to it. It was later... He was later dismissed uh, because he had a known... He had known mental issues and he was arrested for arson for something else. But they dismissed okay. him as starting this fire. Um, in 1937, John Ring... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the final Ringling brother died and John Ringling North, a nephew... Of the final Ringling brother was John, Um, and his nephew John Ringling North took over control of the circus. He managed it from 1937 to 1943, and then again in 19 starting again in 1947. Although most of the country after the war or World War II, um, most of the country enjoyed post war prosperity, the circus did not. Movies and television began stealing the audiences, resulting in a decreasing interest from the public. Facing dwindling crowds and increased costs, North decided he was going to move the circus indoors and eliminate the big top and begin using stadiums and other large venues. Life magazine reported that a magical era had passed forever. If you really think about it, that was... To be a kid during that time and the circus come to town... That was magical, I'm sure. Yeah. The The final show under the big top occurred on July 16th, 1956 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, that doesn't mean that the circus ended because you and I both went to it. Yeah. <laughs> also in 1956, Irvin and Israel Felds were hired to market and promote the circus in advance of its arrival. Essentially, what I talked about earlier, they would. Go ahead. Go
0: before they get there and...
1: Yep. Drum up hype for the circus. Uh, the two would continue to work for the circus until 1967 when they, along with Judge Roy Mark Huffhines of Texas, would buy the circus outright from John Ringling North for $8 million.
0: $8 million. In what year?
1: 1956. No, okay. I'm sorry. 1967. Keep going. Okay. Well, you're gonna have another calculation to do here in a little while. The Felds began making immediate changes to the show to make it more family friendly. They eliminated the freak show as they didn't want to profit from others' deformations. They created the Ringling Brothers and Barnum the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College because they noticed most of their clowns were in their fifties and nobody wanted nobody really took no it seriously old. and passed it on. Yeah. So they were trying to mold younger clowns. They purchased Circus Williams in order to acquire their renowned animal trainer. Uh, They decided to split the circus into two different touring units, the red unit and the blue unit. I don't know if most people knew that, but there were two Barnum and Bailey, two Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey circuses that toured the country.
0: I did not know that.
1: Um, Splitting the circus allowed both units to tour separately while each offered a different act so that anyone that was able to catch both show both shows did not get a repeat. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, the um, Felds also hired the first African-American circus troupe, which was a group that performed unicycle basketball for 18 years with the show. How much is $8 million today?
0: $8 million today would be $63,337,143. And that was in 1967?
1: Yep. All right. Now look this one up. Look up $40 million in 1971.
0: $40 million? Yep. Okay. Because
1: the company went public in 1969, and in 1971 was purchased by the toy company Mattel for $40 million. 19, six, 1971. 71 and the Feld family was actually retained as management. All right. uh... Sadly, I'm going to keep going while you're looking that up. Yes, please do. Sadly, the circus steadily declined over the next 50 years. In 1995, I thought this was important to put in here, In 1995, the circus founded the Center for Elephant Conservation but was sued by the Humane Society in the United States in 2001 for the alleged mistreatment of elephants. The circus countersued and ended up winning $25.2 million in a settlement. All elephants were scheduled to be retired in 2018. However, that date was moved up to May 2016, and within a year of retiring the elephants, Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey announced that it would perform 30 more shows and would finally close in May of 2017. The closure was due to high operating costs, declining ticket sales, and animal cruelty concerns. On May 21st, 2017, The Greatest Show on Earth completed its final final performance at Nassau Coliseum in New York City. What was $40 million?
0: So $40 million is... $263,757,037. Two hundred and sixty three million seven hundred fifty seven thousand thirty seven dollars
1: not chump change
0: no it's an increase of five hundred and fifty nine point three nine percent today that like it's that's the inflation percent, yeah, yeah
1: now, I had notes on it um I had started taking notes, and I ended up deleting the notes um on the animal excuse me, on the animal cruelty and whatnot. Um, to make a long story short, essentially PETA, which is, um, mankind for the ethical animal treatment or meat. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Futurama joke. It's (laughs) supposed to be PETA and it's meat. Anyway, PETA, the people for the ethical treatment of animals. Um, um, Kept filing lawsuits and complaints and whatnot.
0: I believe it was more than just PETA.
1: PETA was the one that came up. Yeah, there was a lot of people. Like I said, the uh, Humane Society of the United States, whatnot. But PETA got the uh, USDA, I believe it was, involved. Let me see if I can find that exactly so I can tell you for sure.
0: I could probably do, or you could do. Either one of us could do an episode on PETA.
1: Oh, yeah, they're- definitely. They're crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. Anyway... Um. The circus was fined. I think it was two hundred and forty thousand dollars. They were they were um, fined by the USDA for uh, they weren't keeping the animals, the paperwork, the the equipment to deal with the animals. They weren't keeping it up to regulation. No, um, which is sad when you think about it. But at the same time, they did do good things for animals. They retired all their elephants to the elephant conservation. They did found the Center for Elephant Conservation. You know, I'm sure, uh, in my opinion, and this is all it is in my opinion, I feel like that's one of those situations where there's a disconnect between management and ground staff, where ground staff is told to get a goal done and do what they have to do to get this goal done while management is in the dark on it and management is probably against what they're doing. You know, it's just like any job I've had where safety is a concern. Management wants you to be as safe as possible until you got to get the job done. Yep. And And then then safety goes out the freaking window.
0: Get it done. However you can. Yeah.
1: Get it done. And I'm going to turn my head. So, you know, Uh, but I didn't want to touch on, there are, there were animal cruelty concerns, and uh, they did have to pay the largest ever fine by a private entity um, up to that time. So, yep. did you have any other animal cruelty? I know that was what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, with the circus.
0: Um, that was my biggest issue with them. Um, they used very archaic training methods and training all of their animals. Their elephants, tigers, what? have you um it was was, all very much negative reinforcement punishment based training
1: yeah that was part of it is uh PETA had video of um I guess it was the head trainer that was like whacking elephants with bull whips right before they were supposed to go on stage and mistreating tigers and lions yeah
0: just horrible horrible evil evil people stuff
1: You know, and and I don't know. I know those lawsuits were in the 2000s onward. I don't remember the exact dates, but I can kind of excuse that behavior if it's 1850. I can't really excuse that behavior if it's...
0: Not in 2000s. Not in the 2000s, not in the
1: 1950s onward. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, people knew better then.
1: Yep. So anyway, that's a quick and dirty on... The Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. I remember you. I used to go when I lived in Raleigh. Uh, we'd go see the train, the, circus the train, train that they came in on. Yeah, that's cool. Badass. We always got the red one.
0: I wonder if Colorado got the blue one. I wonder if it was split by east and west.
1: I, I don't know if it was split by east and west. I think I remember hearing that when I was little. Yeah. Um. But I think it was one of those things where, because I talked about people could catch both you shows. See both of them, yeah. I think it was one of those where like the middle of the country probably overlapped.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
1: You know, but yeah, so that's a quick and dirty on the circus. All right, cool. Have
0: you, you seen The Greatest Showman?
1: The Greatest Showman, what is that?
0: It is a movie with Hugh Jackman as P.T. Barnum.
1: No, I have not seen that one. I watched a documentary on P.T. Barnum and this circus. Um, and that, I watched it, it was, I don't know, this was probably a year, year and a half ago, and it really kind of hung in the back of my mind. I wanted to do this topic All ever right. since, but I can't find that freaking documentary anywhere. Oh, I wanted to watch it again, but I couldn't find it. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have any personal experiences with the circus? Do you remember anything?
0: Um. Have My childhood is basically a black sheet. Um, I know that we went to the circus, and I remember having fun, and I remember absolutely no specific detail.
1: Okay, yeah, that's pretty much mine. I remember going and having fun, but I was real young, and I don't remember. Yeah. I can't I, even
0: remember if we took a friend, or I don't know. I don't know.
1: I remember the parking lot more than I remember the circus. That's how I can tell you where I saw it at. But anyway, on that note, we'll jump in.
0: Trivia with Tyler. That was weird sounding. That sounded
1: very (laughs) weird. Oh, we're going to have to play with that afterwards. That sounded like she was in a tube.
0: That was strange. I wonder if uh, you guys... Heard the strangeness as well Yeah, from our good friend Mars, our voice artist.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a that's oh. a weird one. Um, yep. All right. So I happen to have this. I, I book a lot of my Trivia with Tyler's far out in advance. I save them when I seize them. And I happened to see this one again yesterday on a cooking show I was watching. Yes. I like cooking shows. I like to cook, deal with it.
0: No one was judging you.
1: Somebody out there was judging me.
0: No one was judging you.
1: Somebody was. Anyway, tomatoes were imported to Europe and they were deemed poisonous and used only for decoration. Eventually, however, poor people began to eat them for their low cost and they became popular nearly 300 years after their introduction.
0: I wonder why people said they were poisonous.
1: If memory serves, I think someone did die from eating tomatoes. Let's see. Let's Google that.
0: I mean, I tomatoes are delicious, and you can do all sorts of fun stuff with tomatoes. Um, maybe because they're bright red and bright colors are bad. Be-
1: because tomatoes are so high in acidity when placed on this particular table where the fruit would leach from the leached lead from the plate, resulting in many deaths from lead poisoning.
0: Oh, it was the lead, not the tomato.
1: Damn lead. Mm. It's never good for you.
0: Nope.
1: A brief history lesson about the tomato. All right, well. Final thoughts. That one sounded good. Yeah, it did. This some real shit, y'all. I don't know. I felt that that was appropriate there. Okay. All right.
0: Uh, so you have not drank a whole lot because you've been presenting. Um, oh, so I
1: man, I thought I was almost done.
0: Oh no, not even close. I don't think I saw you take a sip that entire time. I
1: took like four.
0: I don't think so. I
1: did. Okay. I made sure.
0: Okay. Well, you barely touched your glass. Um. So, <sighs> I really really liked this whiskey initially. Like the first 10 minutes of drinking it, I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to rate it high. And the longer I drank it and the more I drank it, the less I liked it. So that, that was kind of a bummer for me. What Um, What did
1: you not like about it?
0: I feel like the taste is turning sour. The more I'm drinking it, it's not, it's not as sweet as it was. It's just kind of an uncomfortable sour taste. I don't I don't know how to describe it. Um but that's that's only that's really the only way I can think to describe it is it just kind of turns the sweetness isn't sweet anymore. It's just kind of like
1: Bleh. what where where are you getting that sour? Is it on the front end? Is it on the back end?
0: It's on the initial front and then on the back. The mids, okay. Mid's tolerable. Really? Front and back, I'm to the point where I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Like, if I can just have the mid experience and skip the other two, I'm fine.
1: Interesting. I had a lot of, obviously I was presenting, so I had a lot of it lingering kind of in my throat. Um, And... I got a very sweet vanilla-y linger the entire time, and uh, for me, the only thing I didn't like about it is it's not as smooth as I would like. It's smooth, but it does have that burn. Uh, it's not overpowering, but as you guys know, I'm not the biggest fan of spice, mm mm-hmm. Um I'm not saying this is overly spicy by any means. It's probably like a 5 out of 10 on the spice scale. It's pretty middle of the road. Yeah. But I like a 3 as far as the spice goes. That's just, yeah. that's just what I like. Um, that was the only drawback for me. I don't know how... This is not something I could sit there and drink... multiple glasses of like i'm not going to go outside and smoke cigars and drink a couple glasses of this but i could definitely have a glass of this and enjoy it
0: Um, i think i'd want to mix it mix it or shoot it
1: i i haven't shot it yet so i'll try that
0: i shot the end of mine and i still the the end i didn't like shooting it it wasn't as bad um but Uh, it's not something i want to sip on
1: I did not like it shooting. I got a little bit of that bitter in the back of my throat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bitter. Bitter, sour.
1: This, for me, is something that I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to sit down. I'm only going to drink it glass by glass, but I'm going to sip it. I'm not going to shoot it. I'm not going to mix it. Okay. Um, I would give this, I'd go six.
0: I'm going
1: to go three. Ooh. That is a uh, divisive, you know what I just <laughs> realized? What? You, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the uh, different, how different, differently we rate things and how mm-hmm. I'm way more conservative and you said, uh, life's too short, I'm going to rate things high and low. <laughs> Yet here I am in the middle of... Still going, still going down the middle. Even though I had like a life or death experience there, that's that's freaking hilarious.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, it's a three for me. Um, and I I agree, life is too short to be wishy washy, and this is not something that deserves to be in the middle of the road.
1: Uh, I'm gonna be wishy washy until my deathbed, apparently. (laughs) Um, Jesus,
0: that's not funny.
1: I think it's pretty funny. I'm I'm here. I can. I'm here. I can joke about it now. Um. Yeah, all right. I guess a six and a three. Um, We're sitting here right at about an hour mark. I told you guys it would probably be a short episode today just because the amount of information out there is kind of limited.
0: That's all right. It's my so. episode next week, so I'll make up for the time. Oh, you don't Especially have to Especially make... because I think I know what my topic's going to be, and it's going to be interesting.
1: Well, I would like to chit-chat a little bit about baseball if you have a moment to.
0: Yeah, uh... Our teams both won today.
1: I know. That was impressive. My, my uh, snake bitten Braves managed to take snake two out of three. Bitten Braves. From the Dodgers. Yeah, the snake bitten Braves. One guy's committing domestic violence and getting arrested. Everybody else no, is I getting not, hurt. Oh, yeah. I have not heard about yeah, that. Marcelo Zuna. He uh, cops saw him choking his wife.
0: Oh, what a dick.
1: Yeah, he went to jail. He. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know the circumstances. I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't look good for him. Yeah. Uh, So he's, uh, needless to say, not on the team, and that left a gaping hole in the team, and they're already struggling with some uh, injuries and pitching sucks, and the team's barely at five hundred. Yet we took two out of three from the best team in the National League. Go figure.
0: I would mean... That's good, right? And,
1: and yeah, this team has been. Um, you think that they'll take two out of three from a team, and you're like, all right, this is going to turn the season around, and then they'll proceed to lose four out of the next five. <laughs> and it's, I, I was reading, I was on the subreddit today, and somebody was commenting uh, something to the effect of. 20th time's the charm. Like, this This will be the series that turns us around. The 20th time's the charm, right, guys? Something yeah. to, something to that effect. And it's just like, eh, you know what? Maybe this just ain't our year. Maybe we're going to – I can see us – I can see them fighting and clawing and making their way into the playoffs, but they're, I, don't, I don't foresee them going very far at the moment. There's just too many injuries, too many wild cards, and they're too inconsistent.
0: Hey, you're the Braves are the second in the NL East.
1: Yeah, I know, which is a sad fact in and of itself.
0: <laughs> um The Rockies are sitting at the fourth in the NL West, just above the Diamondbacks. At least is, they're not last. We're not last. Um how many
1: games back are you though?
0: Um we are at
1: You can feel free to not say.
0: I need to find the standings. Last I
1: saw, and this was several days ago, but it was in double digits, which is not good.
0: Uh, We have won 24 and lost uh, 36.
1: So how many games back are you? Should be GB. Should be what? GB. GB.
0: Oh, uh, 13.5.
1: Yeah, that's about where I thought it was. I, I think the Diamondbacks were 16 and y'all were 13. They're 18? 18. Oh, they're sucking even worse. <laughs> yeah, you guys are 13 and a half games behind first place. That's going to be ho- real, real hard to overcome.
0: Oh, God. that We are like horrible.
1: Yeah. Looking
0: at the entire National League, we are only above the Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah. Oh, that
0: hurts. Let's see. Y'all um,
1: y'all are having a struggle season. Rebuild. Rebuild time.
0: Oh no, we're only third in the entire MLB.
1: Who's worse? It's gotta be the Orioles. I was about to say it's gotta be Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore, the Ah Di- oh, man, the Diamondbacks weren't supposed to suck this year.
0: Well, they are.
1: Yeah, they suck. The but you guys are also in uh, the division with the Giants, who are su- surprised. The yeah, they're doing and amazing. The Padres. Yeah. Which the Padres, y'all, man, y'all are gonna have. A lot of, a lot of years. The Dodgers have peaked. They're, they're at the top of their hill, their window, and they're coming down. The Dodgers, are, the Dodgers. I'm sorry, have peaked. The Padres are just Still climbing. Their window is just now opening. They've got all yeah. this young talent, with the exception of Manny Machado. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I, he's a fucking dick. I can't stand him. I'm pretty sure I've said that on here before.
0: I don't know if you have or not. And I feel like I knew that though, so you probably have.
1: Anyway, uh, well, I've definitely said it on our previous podcast. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll chat. We just chatted baseball for a little five minutes to add a little bit of add time on here. A little bit here. of time.
0: You guys can see how much our my team sucks. Um,
1: how bad mine sucks too.
0: You're not nearly as bad. I'm
1: sure the Braves are middle of the pack in the National League.
0: Uh let's see. You're down three point five.
1: Three and a half games from who?
0: Uh, It's your GB.
1: Yeah, from from what team? Who's leading the NL East?
0: Uh, the Mets.
1: Oh, yeah, the fucking Mets. The Mets are out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. No, the Mets had. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. The Mets aren't out of nowhere. The Mets have the same problem every year. They start strong and then fall apart in June.
0: And painfully.
1: Yeah, so... Well, maybe they will make the playoffs. I don't know.
0: We'll see. The Rockies need a pick up their game. We traded all of our best players last year for some fucking reason. So,
1: rebuild. Anyway.
0: Well, that's what we have to say about that.
1: Settle down, Forest. <laughs> all right, on that note, guys, check us out on YouTube, hit the bell, the whistle, the flying spaghetti monster, whatever button you want to hit up there. Greatest five stars, Greatest zero stars if you didn't like us. Send us an email if you didn't like us. Yeah, We're, tell us uh, how we
0: can we, imp- we can improve.
1: If you're if you're a long time listener, you'll realize we haven't done mail time in about three weeks. We even have a nice catchy jingle for it. If you're a new listener, we just don't have any reason to play it because nobody's emailing us anymore.
0: Mail us.
1: So I have gotten uh, some spoiler words in person that someone is going to send us some. Things to try. So that'll be a real life mail time. Ooh, You know about this. I
0: do know about yeah. this. It took me a minute to remember, but yeah, yeah. we're going to get some more whiskey.
1: We're going to get some some good little samples to try. I'm excited. Um, we should have the Flaviar coming back up yep. here soon.
0: Yeah. So we'll be stocked on whiskeys for a hot minute.
1: Yeah, we will. That'll be.
0: Get us through summer, probably.
1: Yeah, for sure. That'll be almost a year. I don't, I don't know when the first episode is. Oh, and by the way, I did want to bring this up, too. Oh, oh, For everybody oh. listening, if I can find it on my... There's some real shit, y'all. Oh, shit. There's some real shit, y'all. <laughs> of course, I don't have it up, so I'll have to...
0: He's. I don't know what he's looking up, uh, but I have to fill the dead air somehow. Nope. So talk. we are <laughs> sitting at
1: 2,076 listens.
0: Yes. I forgot to mention... That you get us to 2,500, and we go snippy-sniffy on the beard.
1: If you're on YouTube, take a good look.
0: It won't be around much longer.
1: It'll be mustache form when we hit 2,500 listens, so.
0: Get us there, guys. Please, I want that thing to go away.
1: Or not, you know. Or do. Or not. Or do. (laughs) I have a sound effect for that.
0: Is that a sound effect for you or for me? For me. Okay.
1: Please don't. <laughs> I, I regret making that that decision.
0: Well, we'll see.
1: It is what it is. Um, it's going to happen. So I'm sure. Anyway, we're close. We're over four-fifths of the way there. 80%. Almost 81, uh, 85% probably. But anyway, on that note, I reckon we're going to get out of here.
0: All righty. Thank you guys for sticking around. It's been fun. Uh, hopefully no other crazy life shit happens and we will be consistently updating from here on out. Um,
1: look forward to the t-shirts. Check us out on social media. All that stuff's in the show notes. It's on the screen. Megan will get the t-shirts going.
0: I will. I promise. I will fire her. (laughs) I will get them going. I promise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I could fire her if I wanted to.
0: No. Thank you, Tyler.
1: I just meant you wouldn't let me.
0: No, no, definitely not. (laughs) I know where you live. I'll just show up every Sunday.
1: Fair enough. I'll keep letting you in.
0: (laughs) You can't make me leave. (laughs) Uh, On that note, guys, thank you again. Have a wonderful week. Most importantly, don't drink and drive. And cheers.
1: some peppy